Hey, welcome back to Pigeonal Hockey, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and today's special guest is the brand new Provo Predators rebranded head coach and general manager, Nick Dreyer. Joining us on the show, Nick, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. No, thanks for jumping back on. And and for all of you listeners, you might remember Nick Dreyer. Uh, he's been on the episode several times. He was the assistant coach of the USPHL's Ogden Mustangs. He's now the head coach and general manager, division rival of the Ogden Mustangs, the Provo Predators, a team out of Provo that has been rebranded, ready for a whole new look, a whole new season. And I think there'll be a lot of exciting action coming out of the Mountain Division in the USPHL this year. So you've now taken on this role as general manager and head coach of the newly rebranded Provo Predators. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Well, it's been an, an interesting few weeks, obviously. Uh, you know, like when I decided to, to take a step back from Ogden, um, you know, it, it wasn't anything directed towards this Provo program because at the time it wasn't a thing. I, um, I have a 14-month-old, so, you know, my wife was just kind of like, you know, for the time investment and the assistant coach's salary, like it's just, it's tough, right? So, you know, I, I took a step back from that and I, I actually intended on being a, a director um, in Park City for their youth program, which, I, you know, is where I've worked before when I first moved out here. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I got a call from a guy named Phil Conlin out of uh, Provo area. He was one of their team volunteers for the uh, the River Blades franchise when they were there. And, you know, he didn't really have any involvement other than, you know, a volunteer and he billeted a couple kids. And, you know, I think he kind of saw a lot of potential there. And, you know, he called me pretty much out of the blue about two or three weeks ago and, and told me what his vision was and what he was wanting to do. And, you know, I sat down with my family and we talked it over and a lot of things aligned with kind of what I wanted to do, you know, in a program like that and what Phil's, you know, thought process was with everything. And it, it matched up really well. And uh, we ended up coming to an agreement and, you know, here we are two and a half weeks later trying to build a team. So that, that's incredible. Cause I, I got the, I got a little message from one of my many hockey contacts on Twitter and they messaged me and said, hey, did you see the announcement out of Provo? And I was like, nope, but I knew something had to be in the pipeline because the River Blades franchise was, uh, for lack of a better words, uh, struggling. And I knew that something was changing and something was happening, but I just didn't know what. And I think we even speculated on the podcast that something had to be something had to be in the mix, especially with all the new teams entering not only the Mountain Division, but the Pacific Division and the inclusion of the brand new Northwest Division. And I'm like, OK, something's something's on the rise there in Provo. And and then all of a sudden the message came through and I saw that they had been rebranded to the Predators and read through the article and then flicked, you know, on another article and then saw that you had been hired as the head coach and GM. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome. I think I messaged you immediately <laughs> after that occurred. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can imagine that there's a lot of work ahead in this. Basically it's, it's a whole new franchise at this point. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> That's definitely an understatement. You know, I genuinely think like, the Provo Riverblades franchise that was here before, I, I think everybody that was involved with that genuinely wanted it to work. And I think they tried, you know, everything in their power. But at the end of the day, like, you know, with me and Phil, you know, kind of where we're at right now is, 
you know, we're, we're just trying to get as many good hockey people involved. I just don't think there was enough hands to help, um, you know, across what was going on here before. And, um, you know, there's a ton of potential there. There's a great youth program that has really strong numbers at the lower levels, um, you know, U8, U10. Um, you know, we want to align really closely with them and, you know, be able to help them grow their brand um, and, you know, grow youth hockey in, in the in the area down there because there is a ton of kids that are, you know, interested in the game and, and you know, coming on board, especially, you know, with, Teams like the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup and more of a presence out here, um, you know, with, with how hockey fans in general, you see, you know, a lot more people moving into the Provo area because of the tech industry, um, you know, from from different areas of the country. And, you know, there's usually a handful of kids every year that join these programs that come from other states where they had already played hockey. So there's a ton of potential there. And, you know, we're really excited looking down the the pipeline here of, of what we're trying to do. And it's, it's bigger than just a, a junior hockey team. It's bigger than just a hockey team in general. Like, you know, we really want to have a strong alignment and help grow the youth program. We want to be involved with the city and, you know, we want the city on board to, you know, support us and, and you know, help us put fans on the stands and, you know, make it into a special place for junior hockey. It's definitely been a, a very, very tough start as far as the amount of work that needed to be done. Um, you know, most coaches started recruiting in March, right. When the season ended, I mean, I can tell you right now, like in Ogden, you know, we were recruiting, recruiting for next year last year so you know me getting a recruiting start in the middle of July um, you know puts me behind the eight ball but you know the biggest thing for me and Phil is you know when we looked at this program and what we wanted to do is you know we didn't want to sacrifice integrity for talent like we didn't want to have guys here just because they're high point producers we didn't want to have guys here that that you know can score goals and you know that stuff's all well and good and we want that but we want to make sure that we have you know quality individuals and quality human beings here to help us lay a foundation of you know, what we want this program to be down the road. Yeah. And I, I like the way you approached that. And, and you talked about that when, when you were assistant coach for the the Mustangs and, uh, and like you said, you're, you're also from the Midwest originally, correct? Correct. Yeah. I grew up in the St. Louis area. Um, you know, I played youth hockey out there through pretty much every program out in that area. I played local uh, college hockey. I played ACHA D1 at McKendree university, which is just outside St. Louis. So um, you know, that's part of me. What I'm doing here is I'm trying to get a little bit more Midwest influence um, as far as like some of the kids that are coming on board. Like I've got a couple kids from St. Louis, a um, kid or two from Chicago uh, that I think are pretty close. But, you know, it, it's just us trying to think outside the box as far as our recruiting process goes and, and trying to find not only, you know, the best hockey players we can find, but also the best people. So. Yeah. And I think that's important. And that's, again, something you'd mentioned on previous podcasts and, uh, uh, for all of you listeners, I will try to put the links for those previous podcasts in the episode description of this podcast uh, so you can listen to Nick's previous episodes. But it, it's something that you basically stand by with not only when you were a junior coach, but uh, I think you also coached high school uh, at one point, if I'm not incorrect, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a high school varsity and JV program I ran in St. Louis. I've, I've coached out here in Utah um, at a high school here for uh, I think four out of the six years I've been here, I've been involved with the high school program. So, um, you know, it's always been important to me to to try to help, you know, bring the the youth program, you know, strengthen it as far as keeping kids involved. You know, out here is not as easy of a, of a place to get people interested in hockey, like a place like St. Louis where you have an NHL team right in your backyard. Um, you know, out here, 
it's kind of one of those things where you got to get them involved. And then, you know, it's a, it's a very addictive thing when it comes to hockey and kids. And once they get a little taste of it, they love it and they want to just keep going at it. And, you know, sadly for parents, it's, it's probably the most expensive hobby their kid could have, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it builds great characters. It builds great relationships. You know, some of the best relationships I still have to this day, some of my best friends are guys that, you know, I've played hockey with in either high school or college. So. Yeah, and I think that's a the, the hockey family is usually the the little hashtag that goes around with a lot of things that happen, and uh, it's true because the, the friends you make in hockey can be incredible and literally lifelong friends. And whether you're making them in youth hockey or junior hockey or college hockey or even literally beer league hockey, those are some pretty deep relationships and friendships. And uh, you know, some of my best friends right now are all out of you know almost all of them are out of hockey one way or another, and. Uh, it, it's it is the best sport on the planet and it's great to see that it's going to be growing there in provo and previous team the river blades had a lot of really good talent on the team and you could see it and i think again the team just because it was such a new team it, it struggled deep but uh there were just oh man i tell you what there were some amazing flashes of talent on that team you, you couldn't deny it i mean Probably, I mean, I'll say it here, our, our player of the year was the uh, the Provo Riverblades goaltender, Patrick Colburn, who I've seen has uh, since re-signed with the Atlanta Mad Hatters in the USPHL. Uh, so congratulations to Patrick. But there was such incredible talent on the Riverblades team, hoping a bunch of those kids actually return now for uh, an opportunity at the Predators. And I'm imagining that, like you said, you're looking for not the top point producers, not the kid that's put in like 57 goals in 42 games. That's great and all, but you're looking, like you said, for kids with character. Uh, you're looking for kids that are going to fit into your team dynamic. You're building something great. It, it's <laughs> The Mountain Division is no joke. That's a lot of incredible talent in the Mountain Division. You've got the Ogden Mustangs, your previous team. You've got the Utah Outliers. You've got the Pueblo Bulls, Northern Colorado Eagles. And then new this year, you've got the Idaho Falls Spud Kings. Stoked to see whatever they come up with in terms of jerseys. And uh, you're looking for kids with, with that grit, with that character, with that talent, but mostly leading with character. What would you say to those kids that you're looking for right now that haven't naturally just – fallen on a team yet or they're still looking or they're just considering options what would you say to uh anyone considering the provo predators you know like the biggest thing for me that that you know we tell everybody that we've talked to and um you know the kids that we do have committed and on board is you know we just want to make sure like yeah we want you know great hockey players we want great people that's all well and good but you know we also want to be a good fit for them um you know i think that you know, you see a lot of people in, in the junior world, you know, take things personally. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like, these are kids, right? So, you know, they're making choices that are going to impact their lives for a long time. So, you know, as bad as we want, you know, some of these guys in our organization, it's got to be the right fit for them or, or they're not going to be all in anyway. And, you know, that's the, the biggest thing for us is, you know, the talent on the ice, you know, all these kids at this level, you know, can play hockey. Like, you know, there are some guys that produce more goals, right? But I think for me, it's, it's having a team full of guys that are focused on every detail of the game um, and not just, you know, one end of the ice or the other. I think, uh, you know, I, I just want a group of guys that, that's going to come in and, and set a culture here that, that's going to be the precedent for a long time. And I think that, you know, if we can find the right 20 to 23 guys and, and two or three goalies that are going to step in and, and buy into what we're doing and be good teammates and, and push each other to get better, um, the, the talent will come along with it down the road. And, you know, we're trying to gear our, you know, our look a little bit different maybe. So as far as like, 
you know, we're not we're not trying to load a team up with all age out kids. I think there's definitely roles on our team for some of those 20 year old guys, um, you know, and we do have a couple of them, you know, locked in already. But, you know, we're being very, very selective about the 20 year olds that we bring in, because, like I said, you know, anybody that we're going to bring in to be a, a leader and, you know, hopefully wear a letter with this program is is going to be somebody that's going to be a direct representation of, of not only what we're trying to do on the ice, but what we're trying to do in the community. So, you know, for us to go out and, and find those kids is not, it's not an easy thing to do, um, especially this day and age. I feel like, you know, you really got to do your homework and, and get to know a player, you know, talk to previous coaches, any kind of information you can gather, um, you know, to, to figure out how these guys tick and, and what you can do to help them be successful and, and, you know, what their character's like, you know, outside of hockey, because, you know, winning games is great. We want to win every single night, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is tier three hockey and it's supposed to be a development model. So for us, you know, development's more than just hockey. It's, it's personal too. And, you know, we want guys that want to come here and, and get better every single day and they're going to push each other to do that. And we also want, you know, guys that want to be involved in the youth program and want to be involved in the community and, and the stuff that we're trying to do that's bigger than hockey. So. What I gauge there is you're trying to build a 2017 Vegas Golden Knights, not the 2021 Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think honestly, like the recruiting process, like the biggest thing for me that that's kind of surprised me in this whole thing is how um, how everybody in this division cares. Right. Like the first thing that happened, like when I took this job is, you know, Steve Haddon in, in Northern Colorado reached out to me and congratulated me. Um, same thing with with, you know, a couple other guys, you know, Kenny obviously congratulated me and. You know, Paul Taylor with the Outliers, <clears throat> excuse me, reached out, congratulated me. You know, everybody's just super helpful. And, you know, anything we can do to help or any questions you have, like, you know, you can just tell that you know, for the most part, everybody in this division cares, you know, not only about their program, but they care about the division as a whole. And they, they care about what we're trying to do out West here with junior hockey and, and growing this thing into something really special. Western hockey is just a little bit, of, I guess, a little bit different beast. If you're a hockey fan in the West, you have to be a little bit more devoted. That's what how I see. If you're a hockey fan in the South or if you're a hockey fan in the West, you have to be a little bit more devoted than your, I guess, your fans like like me who grew up in the North. Like I grew up in, in Buffalo, Niagara Falls, and it wasn't hard to get hockey all the time everywhere. If you grew up in Canada or Minnesota, it's hockey's just always, you know, there. If you're New England, it's always there. If you're a fan out West – you have to actually fight to be a fan out west. You have to find people that like hockey and want to go to hockey games with you or want to talk about hockey with you or you want to play hockey with you or try to get into whether it's a youth league or an adult league. You have to fight for that for that passion of hockey because like you said, once it gets in your skin, uh it, it's there for life and it is the greatest sport on earth and so now that it's kind of, you know, the youth program, the Predators have been there for quite some time, uh, as you'd mentioned. And now the new Provo Predators are aligning with that. Talk a little bit more about Provo itself for anybody that really doesn't know where Provo is or what Provo is about. Because I did see, I don't remember where it was, but it was a podcast I was watching where they do like the video thing, which we don't do. And it was about seven, eight months ago. But he's like. Yeah, and I'm getting hits out of Provo. I don't know where that is, but thank you for all those in Provo. And so tell people a little bit about Provo and why it's an incredible place, not only to play hockey, but to just live. Like, what's out there in Provo? It's funny. It's actually really funny that you say that. So, like, one of the one of the, the first, you know, really kind of big fish that I went after, um, a Canadian kid that, that played up in the VI last year, really, really good kid. And, 
you know, I, I call, I cold call this guy and I'm like, you know, I get him on the phone and we have a great conversation. Everything was just, it, it just was, it was perfectly aligned, like really good kid, really good background, good player. I talked to his family and, you know, at the end of the call, like his mom's like, I just have one last question. And she's like, where's Provo? And I was like, what do you mean? Like in Utah? And she was like, you know, like in the world. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's just funny. Like when you see some of these kids that just don't like you get these little cities in the U.S. And yes. I feel like everybody here in the U.S. has come across them at one time or another. And in Canada, it's just a different animal. And I told her and she was like, okay. She's like, we thought so, but we just, we wanted to make sure. But, you know, Provo is a, a very, very, um, fluid place as far as the way that it's kind of changing. I feel like the dynamic there is, is, is much different now with, with a lot of people moving in from all different parts of the country, be a part of the tech industry. My wife works in the tech industry. That's what brought us out here. Um, you know, there's a lot of really cool, you know, like restaurants and coffee shops and all kinds of nice stuff in that little downtown area, which is, is a beautiful place. You know, the ice rink itself butts right up to the base of the mountains. Um, you know, I had two guys in earlier this week on, on Thursday and Friday to visit the facility and, um, you know, right away, both of them, you know, the, the first thing they said was how amazed they were with the scenery and, and how nice it is here. Um, a lot of stuff to do outdoors. Like I know in Ogden, we had a lot of guys that, that had taken up like fly fishing and stuff like that while they were here, like Dan Falzer. A lot of those guys just, they get out here, they're not sure what to expect, but once they kind of see what it's like, they're a little overwhelmed with, with all the stuff to do. And like, you know, junior hockey, as you know, you know, you see a lot of a lot of programs pop up in these small towns like Jack's uh, Jack's a perfect example. Um, yeah. So Jack Jones, when we had him, you know, he played in the Sidge and, you know, we always joke about it and, you know, he's, he's a hardcore Sidger. He talks about it all the time. And, you know, the, the area that he played at, you know, his, his whole thing. And I just talked to Jack Friday just to catch up. And he was like, you know, the biggest thing that we had is there was literally nothing else to do, but play hockey there. Like we had no other thing, like no, nowhere to go to hang out. no, 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 like social gatherings, nowhere to go, like where we could all go get, grab dinner somewhere nice. He's like, we had access to the hockey rink 24 hours a day. And he's like, that's what we did. And he's like, I think that made our bond a little bit closer and stronger. But um, there was literally nothing else to do there where you get places like Provo and, you know, you're 35, 40 minutes south of, of Salt Lake City. And, you know, it's a beautiful area. The climate out here is so much different. Like the one kid I had Fridays from the Midwest, and I'm sure he would, you know, echo my sentiments being from St. Louis, where, you know, this time of year, especially you get that humidity, especially early in the fall. And oh, it's here brutal. it's such a, oh, it's like a slap in the face every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Out here, it's like, you know, if you can find shade or a breeze anywhere, it's comfortable. You could be outside and, and, and enjoy it. And there's just so much stuff to do here. And the city of Provo is growing so rapidly. And, there's BYU right there as far as school goes, like Notre Dame's playing there this year. So, you know, there's just a lot of really exciting stuff that's going on, like in and around that area. And, and youth hockey's growing rapidly. And, you know, with the Olympics potentially coming back in, in 2030 or 2034 and some of the renovations, you know, that, that you know, we have planned or I guess the Peaks has planned the rink we play out of um, for the future is just really, really exciting stuff. Yeah. And for those that don't know, like I, I've lived in St. Louis. I lived in St. Louis for three to four years. I lived in Utah on and off for about four years you know, where I became a huge Mustangs fan um, and a big fan of, at that point, the WSHL. Um, now the teams that I was following, specifically the USPHL. And uh, Provo is a place we would go down to frequently. There's a ton of hikes. And I think what some northern kids might miss or American, not northern kids, but yeah, northern northern American kids and Canadian kids might miss is if you think you're going to miss out on pond hockey in Utah, you're not missing out on pond hockey. Pond hockey is a 
whole different weird level of having red rock <laughs> in the background. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. It's uh, it's funny because like you know all the reservoirs and stuff you know in and around this area, you see like a lot of the guys you know the, the skiing's the big one right? Like everybody comes yeah. here they want to ski and uh, I was snow you know, guy. Coach, that's, oh, it's such a nerve wracking thing as a coach though because <laughs> like. It's such a dangerous thing too, especially you get some of these yeah. guys out here that have never skied before. And it's like, it's just a different animal. But at the same time, like, you know, we want them to come out here and be serious about what we're doing as far as hockey goes. We want them to be focused and, and you know, ready to step in and, and be ready to play at a high level. But we also want them to come out here and be kids, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what they are. So, you know, I think it's nice that we have a a good balance of, you know, stuff for them to, to really develop as far as what we have available to them in our facility. And, also stuff for them to be able to develop, you know, kind of on their own as adults and, and, you know, growing into being actual young men, you know, by some of the stuff we have here in the surrounding area for them to do outside of hockey as well. Yeah. And, and it's an area that once it, again, like, just like hockey, the Southwest is an area that once it gets under your skin and into your blood, um, there's no getting rid of it because I mean, like, so for, again, for me and being a Northeast kid, so to speak, I, didn't understand the appeal of the Southwest. I saw pictures. Um, I'm a huge office fan and the worst character ever on the office is Will Ferrell's character. And he just talked about his love of the Southwest, which just made me hate him even more because I had never been there. Um, and then I got to live out there. Uh, my job sent me from England to Utah. And I tell you what, it took me two weeks to just fall in love with the hikes, the Honestly, the dry heat, you talk about that humidity out of St. Louis. I've also lived in D.C. The humidity is just, it'll suck the life out of you. That dry heat, it can be 115 degrees, and it's way better than walking around in 80-degree weather and humidity. I think, like many of us that come from other places and end up in the Southwest because we're not used to that region, like you mentioned Jack Jones on here. Jack Jones has now committed to Weber State University in the ACHA and he had talked about, I think, on the last podcast we had with him, the thing that he was seriously going to miss uh, at that point he had committed to Weber State. He's like, if I leave here, I'm really going to miss the mountains. Just having the mountains, uh, Ogden's facility, Provo's facility, honestly, Utah's facility, I mean, they're all at the – I think Utah's is more West Valley. It's not at the base of any mountain, but obviously it's – Utah, you know, West Valley. So it's just surrounded by mountains because that, that's the whole region. But – Provo and Ogden's facilities are literally at the base of the mountains and you're right up on those. And once you get a taste of that and you start to experience what life is like in the Southwest, it's incredible because it gets in there. And I know that Ogden has been doing its um, uh, mini series, which I think they dropped 12 or 13 episodes and I haven't seen one since. So Ogden, if you're listening, get on it. But like New Mexico Ice Wolves out of the NAHL have also dropped a mini series and the kids say the same thing when they move into New Mexico and they're like, they're kids from the North and they're like, kid was, I don't remember which player it was. So forgive me, New Mexico ice wolves. But the kid was like, yeah, I was not really sure about playing hockey in New Mexico, but now I can't imagine being anywhere else. Um, Cause once you go down to this region, it's, it's really, it's seriously incredible. And you mentioned a lot, like the food scenes really coming up in, in that portion of Provo with all the tech jobs coming in. A lot of people are moving in. It's really changing the dynamic of what perceptions might already be out there on Provo and Utah in and of itself. Because I tell people I was moving to Utah, I got a lot of comments. It's incredible. For me, it's 
seriously Utah. I live in Copenhagen now, but Utah remains my favorite place in the world. And I'm 34 countries into this world. So um, I don't think there's much better place than than Utah in terms of if you like the outdoors, skiing, hockey, uh, hiking. I don't think there's a better place in the world. No, it's funny too. Like I, um, I was actually having a conversation with Paul Taylor, who's the uh, coach of the Utah Outliers, and um, you know, I made a mention to him. Like one of the things that we had kind of thought about maybe trying to organize was, you know, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago during you know the, the COVID season, hashtag COVID season, <laughs> a couple of years yeah. ago, <laughs> but it was a struggle. But you know, like we were the only division in. I, I mean, I would almost argue the world that, that played a full 52 game schedule. Like yep. uh, you know, we played more games as a division in junior hockey than anybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing for us is like, I asked Paul, I'm like, it'd be nice if we could schedule like a game possibly, you know, at Maverick Center, you know, it's a professional facility and, you know, and I mentioned it to him and I'm like, you know, you guys got a chance to play almost an entire season there. I'm like, I bet your guys loved it. And he immediately was like, our guys hated it. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's awesome. He's like, no, he's like, the facility's beautiful. He's like, it's great. He's like, but you know, part of our like allure and, and the way our guys play the game, you know, with our fan base, like, you know, we like the tight confined area like we like the old wooden bleachers like we like the way our rink you know sounds when our fans are in there and it's loud and he's like when you get to a setting like that if you don't have you know 10,000 fans there like it, it's kind of a ghost town and it's kind of seen you know it's yeah. kind of boring feel to it and I was actually kind of surprised you know when he first started saying that but then when he got into a little bit more in depth you know it made a lot more sense and you know like I remember our games last year with the Mustangs going there um it's it was it's a tough place to play right and I think um you know there's always that rivalry there between you know, the Mustangs and the outliers. And, you know, hopefully it'll be us and both those teams uh, right. this year moving forward. But, you know, the rivalries are very friendly. And like the thing about the Mustangs, you know, fan base is they're very passionate and, you know, they, they want to see the Mustangs do well. And the outliers have a fan base too, that I feel like is growing, um, you know, year by year, especially with the success they've been having lately. And, you know, we're just trying to model kind of what we're doing in Provo from a fan standpoint, based off of those two models. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to get creative with with what we're doing to try to bring fans in, you know, especially aligning with our youth program. Like we want every kid in our youth program at every single one of our home games. And, you know, whether that's, you know, them being on the ice to drop pucks or skate out with a team or whatever the case may be, we're just trying to come up with more and more creative ideas to get involved, you know, with them. Uh, but, you know, as far as, as what, you know, we're trying to do in, in Provo, you know, the good thing with being in Ogden and, and, you know, professional environment that they have there is, you know, we just try to take away a lot of the things that you really like there. And, um, you know, so and I wouldn't even say there's things that I didn't like, but just some things that I may do a little different, not saying it's right or wrong. Um, but, you know, we have that opportunity now to kind of take all of it and bring it full circle with what we're trying to do in Provo. And I think, um, you know, once once we get past this initial hurdle of the first few weeks and getting everything into place, because um, right now it's just, one thing after another between equipment ordering, ordering uniforms. Um, obviously, you know, like from a uniform standpoint, I have a great relationship with X jerseys and there's a lot, of, I think a few teams in our division now between Northern Colorado and Ogden that use them. Um, I'm excited to know that you're talking to X jerseys right now. I'm, I'm really excited because of what they've done with Northern Colorado and Ogden's jerseys. I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see what you get for the Preds. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's good. Like Ryan, Ryan's been really good to me. Like he, um, you know, He's been very instrumental with with some of the jersey design stuff that we did in Ogden the last few years. Like I, I pretty much designed um, all of our jerseys for the most part, you know, in, in coordination with getting approval by, you know, Kenny and Sean and the ownership group there. But 
Um, you know, the, the, one of the exciting things for me taking this thing over is, you know, now I've got a, a brand new canvas, um, new colors, new everything to kind of start a design, you know, from scratch. And uh, we got a really cool, you know, initial set of jerseys, we think that that's going to be um, hopefully, I think it's actually up on our website now, you can actually see what they look like. And, uh, you know, it's kind of got that old Tampa Bay lightning feel to it. Our blues a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit more, I call it like a hyper blue. Uh, but I've also got some some third jerseys that are that are going to be in the works here really soon um, for us to drop at some point this season that I think not only our guys and our fans but I think uh, you know junior hockey across the country will will really enjoy it. So yeah, no, I I had to pull up the site there to see the jerseys and you're right, it's kind of that old school Tampa like the original Tampa Bay Lightning kind of vibe to it. You know, like, and that, and again, for us, like that was the whole point is, is kind of aligning with the youth program. Like this isn't the exact jerseys that the youth program wears, but it's, it's our spin on it. And the reason that we did that is, you know, is we want the youth program to be excited about what we're doing. We want them to come to the games and, and, you know, we want them to, to want to buy our merchandise and wear it around town to help, you know, us spread the word about what we're doing. And um, for us to have a little bit different of a look and, and feel to, to what they were doing, you know, I want a kid to be excited to come to the game, you know, when we do Jersey auctions at the end of the year, or, you know, if we do raffles where we, you know, give jerseys away, like I want the kids to want one. And um, I think, you know, part of the thing that we're, we're trying to be a little creative about in Provo with what we're doing is, is that alignment with the youth program. And you've seen Ogden do it over the last year or so, um, you know, with Mariko up there, she's very passionate about the youth program and, you know, what they're trying to do. And, and she just wants, you know, things to align the right way. And, and that's kind of what our philosophy is, you know, down here in Provo. No, and that that's what you want, because uh, if you grow the game locally, that produces the talent that could be feeding your roster here in two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Um, and not only that, but it increased the interest in the sport. The kids might not end up with with the Predators. They could develop into talents that get drafted into the, uh, you know, the USHL or signed Division One contracts or even higher. Um, and that's what the, what the goal of is a lot of these programs. And so, I mean, just it, it's an incredible looking jersey. I'm excited to see them actually hit the ice as I'm literally staring at the jersey. So I'm just going to click away from it. But uh, that said, there's a couple other areas we'll hit before we end this podcast. And one of them is the NCDC. Uh, the NCDC was announced by the USPHL now outgoing basically NCDC West with the six teams currently in the mountain division. What does that mean for the Provo Predators moving forward? I actually had a, a good conversation um, last night with Steve Haddon with uh, Northern Colorado, kind of what, you know, like kind of what his vision is on this. And like, we were kind of talking about some different things and some, some different recruiting tactics and all kinds of different stuff. And, you know, the NCDC thing for us is like, you know, for me personally, like I'm not, I'm not out there trying to sell it as like a false promise. So any of the younger guys that I'm talking to, and I mean, you will see some 04s and 05s on our roster. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is like with the 03s, the 04s and 05s, you know, we don't, we don't want to bring guys in that, that we don't feel like have an opportunity to at least knock on that door next year. Um, you know, we want to stand by our guys that we're bringing in and, you know, we are talking to kids actively and then, you know, letting them know that we are making that transition, you know, but for us right now, like, you know, this season specifically, like, and that was the big thing with Phil is, you know, we're not, we want to win every single game. Absolutely. We're going to coach to win. We're going to play to win, but you know, our focus for right now is not wins and losses with this organization. It's building a foundation and, and getting it trending in the right way. We genuinely feel like if, if we do our end and, you know, work hard at the things that we've lined out and, and bring in the right guys that the, the wins will come along with it. So, 
you know, like we're just trying to build a really solid foundation of, of what's going to be here for a long time and a special place to play junior hockey. And, you know, the NCDC is a very, very exciting thing. Um, it definitely is. And as far as, you know, a recruiting standpoint goes, I, you know, I would argue that it's going to be almost, you know, harder as far as trying to figure out who the right guys are. There's going to be plenty of really good, talented hockey players that want to be part of these programs. But the biggest thing for me is, is you know, not finding the the best or the most talented ones. It's finding the right ones. And, um, you know, when you get that many kids that are going to be excited to join a program, you've really got to do your homework and, and make sure that you're getting, you know, not only a quality hockey player, but also a quality individual off the ice. And I think it is going to be an interesting, you know, recruiting standpoint when it comes to that side of the game and, and that level of hockey. But at the same time, like, what we're building this year isn't something that we're just planning on crumpling up and throwing in the trash for next year. We're, we're trying to build a solid foundation and a solid group of guys that can work hard and compete for those spots next year as well. No. And, and that's what you want. And I got two more questions here before we wrap up so we don't lose our listeners here. But uh, one of the big ones is host families. It's a whole new format down there. And some people listening to this podcast, whether they're a parent or, or a youth hockey player, um, I do get people asking questions like, hey, uh, could you do an episode on billet families? And, and down the road, we'll, we'll try to get one of those out here soon. But tell everyone here about what it might be like for, uh, you know, the relationship with the Provo Predators if they choose to billet some of your players this year. And like the and that's the biggest thing for us is like the building so important. And I think if, you know, I, I think Kenny and Ogden and and almost anybody in this program and circuit would tell you that, that your billet families are crucial to what you're doing. And, and part of what we're doing out here is, is, is that alignment with the youth program is the hopes of finding some of these families that do have young kids in the hockey program um, where, you know, they can take one of these kids in and provide them with a good home and we can provide them with a good role model, you know, for their son or daughter that, that wants to be a good hockey player and wants to learn how to play the game and, and be excited about what we're doing here. You know, and I feel like the the, the billet families that they had last year were, were really good people. And we're just kind of trying to add to, to what it is. I mean, you know, Phil, the guy that's that's running the show as far as from an ownership standpoint, you know, is is basically going to billet two or three kids himself. And he's just very passionate about, you know, what we're doing and making sure the guys have a good home to be in. And the biggest thing for us is, you know, we want them to be able to come out here and we want their families to know that they're going to get a good experience. You know, they're going to be with a good family and, and, you know, something that lines up for them. Cause you do see from time to time, there's, there's billet families and kids that don't really see eye to eye or butt heads. And it's not because, you know, one's bad or one's good. It's just sometimes, you know, personalities just don't mesh. So, you know, that's why we're spending time right now trying to get to know our players that we do have committed and trying to find the right fit for them so they can come out here and, and help their development as far as, you know, having a second family away from home that's that's going to be somewhere they're going to live and spend most of their time. It's a crucial part for the youth hockey all across North America. Billet families are an integral part of the success of a lot of junior organizations and having reliable families and, and safe places for for these players to come home to and feel a part of. And you hear so many great stories. And you just even saw it with the NHL draft recently. We're recording this on Sunday, 10 July. But for us, the NHL draft was just a couple days ago. And you see how a lot of these players not only talk about their mom and dad, but their billet mom and dad and how critical that was to their development and their success. Definitely. And, and you know, hockey is a unique sport for multiple reasons, but you know, that, that experience after high school where you live with a billet family and play junior hockey, like most, you know, NCAA sports, you know, when you graduate high school, you go straight to college, right? Where in hockey, you get that two, two year gap where 
where guys will go play juniors and, you know, the average D1 athlete at, at the hockey level is, is higher than, you know, most other sports. And I feel like, you know, part of that is they, they get an opportunity to, to, you know, kind of go away from home and get that experience as far as building and, and, you know, playing junior hockey and seeing what it's all about to get them ready to play at the collegiate level. Yeah. And it's, it's such an important aspect of the game for them. And really quickly also, if uh, I know sponsorships are critical to youth hockey organizations, um, how could sponsors reach out to you to be part of the Provo Predators 22-23 season? Absolutely. And like that's that's the other big thing we're trying to do. And, you know, like when you touched on the NCDC earlier and one of the things that's different in that transition is, um, you know, like when you look at the East Coast model for the NCDC, they all have that academy style structure. Right. So it's NCDC, Premier Elite, U18 um, and, you know, they do a lot of their funding through the programs below the NCDC team. We're out here, like nobody has that. Like we're all a standalone team, right? So, you know, this year we have a premier team. Next year we'll just have an NCDC team. And, you know, for us to not have that academy style where, you know, we're bringing in finance that way, you know, we're not trying to make money off our guys. So, you know, we need to, we need to really be hard on the sponsorships throughout the entire city and, and, you know, putting fans in the seats and ticket sales are a very integral part of, of how we're going to be successful and be able to provide these guys with a great place to grow. So, you know, as far as the sponsorship stuff goes, that's something that we're just now starting to tackle, obviously, because the ink's just getting dry on all the paperwork and, and contracts <laughs> and stuff. So that's a very, very important thing that we're looking at. And, you know, we just want people that want to be involved and, you know, excited about what we're doing and, you know, help us out and whether it's a billet, whether it's a sponsor, you know, on the dasher boards or anywhere in the rink or, or a team volunteer, you know, any crucial junior program, you know, that's a very, very important part to their success and something that definitely doesn't go overlooked and, you know, something we need more and more people involved with. Yeah. It's uh, honestly, sponsorships are critical to sponsorships. Billet families are all critical to youth hockey organizations, but most importantly, Youth hockey players. How could youth hockey players, if they're interested in the Provo Predators, reach out to you? Definitely. We will. If they're not there already, our our social media and our website are fluid. They're changing daily as far as getting them updated, getting all of our information on there. I know um, Stefan's working really hard uh, to get our our social media stuff up and running. Um, and that's the other thing for the guys in the junior hockey world. I know you know Ogden Mustangs had a really good footprint for social media and. Um, you know, Stefan Bell, who, who did a tremendous job there, is, is now working with us. And, you know, he's handling a lot of our, our social media infrastructure. He's doing some hockey op stuff for us. Um, you know, he's just another really good hockey person um, that understands the game and understands, you know, the business side of it and, you know, obviously the player side of it. And, you know, somebody that, that we thought was very crucial to have on board and help us make some of these decisions and, you know, help navigate some of these waters for us in addition to his full time job. So, um, you know, <laughs> having Stefan be a part of what we're doing is very, very important. But once we get all that stuff updated, there's going to be plenty of links, um, you know, to reach out to us. My information will be on the website as far as my phone number, email address, and I'll provide it to you to put along with the post. But absolutely, any youth program player, any kid, um, anybody that's interested in sponsoring, building, absolutely reach out 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because like I said, you know, this program doesn't happen if if we don't have you know, a good community around us to help us grow and, and help support us. I definitely recommend any players or sponsors or anyone who's interested in hosting uh, one of the players that will be a future Provo Predator uh, to reach out to Nick. And again, that, as Nick mentioned, that will be on this episode's uh, description. So feel free to click on those links and reach out to Nick as needed. Now, 
As we're wrapping up here, I will just give a quick shout out for anyone listening and want even more junior hockey content that even we can provide here. Definitely give a listen out to Swedish Junior Hockey. And again, that's Swedish Junior Hockey on Twitter. And uh, there are five episodes in incredible information about what it's like in the Swedish junior hockey world for the American fan base, all in English. So he explains it all to us. And you, you start to understand what the Swedish junior system is all about and how those players develop and uh, how really a lot of them are looking to, to North America to continue their, so to speak, hockey education. Um, so definitely give a look out there for Swedish junior hockey. But before, again, we wrap up, we do want to thank Nick Dreyer, the head coach and general manager of the new Provo Predators in the USPHL for jumping on. Awesome. No, thank you guys. I appreciate your time. And, you know, I know you guys put a lot into this and you guys are obviously very passionate about, you know, growing the junior game, especially here in the U.S. And, uh, you know, it's even more so that you live across the world right now and you're still focused on on trying to make this thing grow and, and work out. So, no, we, we appreciate you guys and thank you. Well, appreciate it. And, yeah, Stefan Bell. Uh, as you mentioned here, who's now working with Provo, is also a co-host here on Pigeonhole Hockey. And he also has his NHL job, so he's a pretty active guy. <laughs> but again, like like you, like me, like Stefan, we're all massively into developing the junior hockey world out there in the West and, and to continue to grow. And we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and today's special guest, Nick. And you know what? We'll catch you next time. <laughs>